Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Working Class Bowhunter Podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. I think I left about four. No one honestly really cares. Steve's calling me while I'm holding, getting ready for this deer to stand up. Glad you took this deer out. He doesn't even drive American. See, that deer's what's exactly what's wrong with this country, right? He doesn't even support local American-made deer-compatible vehicles. That one, that one arrow cost me thirty-three thousand dollars. Just aiming too long and just moved a little bit and it's like oh no it fired you know crap i knew as soon as it left it was just a little high but he came right out in the field made a scrape right in the cornfield started grunting walked 30 yards made another scrape you're listening to the working class bow hunter that's right this is the podcast for billy joe lunch bucket the working man just like me and you my name's travis t-bone turner from the bone collector thank you for tuning in You all right there, Chief? I failed. You oh, fail. you failed. Episode 91 produces its first failure on the podcast, which, speaking of which, it's the Working Class Bowhunter podcast. We're at 1600 Bucks Layer Place right here in beautiful Sherrard, Illinois. It's Happy technically not a failure. Like, have you ever seen Conan O'Brien's show and they try and catch him on failures when he fixes a failure? Because if you're opening a beer and you're not at work, it's a win no matter what, even if you fail to open it on the first try. Okay, but if you're laid off, it's not a win. But uh, well, I'm not laid off. <laughs> all right. Well, none of us are. We're all working now. Finally. Um, yeah, episode uh, 91, super happy to be here. We are brought to you by HHA Sports. Check out HHASports.com. Uh, hashtag single pin nation. Dude, we all swear by the single pin. One pin to rule them all. One pin to kill all the deer. That's all you need. All you need is one pin. I'm de- like hashtag single pin nation. Go check them out. Everything's basically made in Wisconsin. So if you want to go celebrate the joys of being a Wisconsinite, help them out. Yep. Get a spotted cow. Get some cheese. Go shoot a cheese single curds. Cheese curds are the best <laughs> up there. Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. <laughs> Oh, what did you say? Oshkosh. Or what, what is it? Oshkosh bagosh. Yeah. <laughs> Get yourself some overalls. The single pin, a lot of people are curious, like, you know, what's the deal with the single pin? A lot, I, I don't know, a good percentage of bow hunters are switching over to the single pin, hashtag single pin nation lifestyle. <laughs> hashtag Oshkosh bagosh. But uh, I need an HHA official jean jacket. Or you just get an Think HHA that has, that like, denim glued to the outside. Oh, dude, how awesome would that be? But, you know, the single pin, it actually, for me, it makes me a lot comfortable shooting and shooting at long distance because it really clears up your sight picture. You're not, you know, when you're shooting at 60 yards, 70 yards when you're practicing, you're not counting down the pins from the top one down to the one you need to use. It's one pin. It's all that's in your sight picture. You don't have to think about anything. The only thing that you really got to get used to is moving that dial to your yardage because yeah. you will do this at first. You're going to shoot over your target. 
from when you were shooting at 60, 70 yards and you go back up to 20. It's just something that you got to get used to, but once you do, it's just buried in your brain and you don't have to think twice about it. Like every once in a blue moon, I'll still do it. I'll still catch myself doing it. Right, but you know when you sit in a tree stand, right. put that baby on 20. If you're in the timber... I mean, really, that's probably... That's your max shot. Yeah, and you know what's cool with HHA? When you want to get to 20, just dial it down. It's got a catch that's automatically at 20. Yep, just roll that baby right down until it hits, and you're at 20 yards. They're having a huge giveaway right now, too. I know it. So you got to get on their Facebook and their Instagram page. Submit submit uh, a picture of you wearing HHA gear, and you're automatically entered. Hopefully it's... All right. If you... If anyone out there... Sends us a picture of them in an HHA and they're wearing a denim jacket. Uh, do we got any koozies or anything we can send them? <laughs> what kind of giveaway is that? Yeah, I like I, it though. I don't know because, dude, if you if you have an HHA denim jacket or if you have, if you own any HHA products and you own a denim jacket, you are the kind of person we want to share a beer with, and we'll keep it cold with a koozie. Do we got any more? Is what I'm asking. I think we got one left in our giveaway. If you want to get that koozie. That's a stretch, man. That's a stretch. I'm telling you, man, Canadian tuxedo, I'll personally autograph the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We're also brought to you by um, Badlands Packs. I was so distracted by your denim references that I was well, distracted. Yeah. But we're, I guess, we're barely brought to you by Badlands Packs now. <laughs> I'm so distracted. But, no, really, they're really awesome packs. I have the Super Day pack and the Approach Camo. How's that worked out? You've been hanging, I really like it. I really do. You've been hanging a bunch of cameras and stuff with that. Yeah, I've been you know giving the pack of the summertime woods test. I guess you could say I've cameras in it, just all my gear. I've you know it's it's no complaints. Really, it's got the compartment for everything. It's done right. It's, I actually was hanging a stand with it on my back, full of stuff. So I'm in a tree with it full, and I just. I didn't even feel uncomfortable. Well, this is a time to test it because you're not being careful with it like you would be when you're hunting. Right. You're not being quiet and moving right. slow. I'm out there beating stuff up and going after it. And it actually, it was like the way everything sits in the pack, it's tight to you. And it's like it centers it. The gra- I don't know. You know what I mean? It centers the gravity on you. So you don't feel like when I was in the tree hanging the stand, I didn't feel Dude, like I was being pulled backwards. I haven't had backwards. a good center of gravity in yeah. years. <laughs> right. No idea what you're talking about. That's true. Yeah. But I mean... It'll make it so your center of gravity doesn't feel as bad as it normally does, you know? You know, but For if, you. Yeah, but <laughs> if something does happen to the pack, send it back to them, man. They've got an unconditional lifetime warranty. That's, like, huge. Very true, very true. Yeah, I mean, you can't beat that. Same thing with HHA. What more do you want in a company? Your money goes so far. Um, we're all for the working man and women out, and men and women out there. And, you know, put your heart and dollar towards companies that are going to back their product that way because it literally can be the last products you buy when they back it by their warranty. So, I mean, can you argue with that? You no. can't. So you know, it, it, it will be literally the last pack you ever have to buy. Yeah. Yep. As as working men and women out there for you guys, if you want to support some more working men and women, go ahead and uh, take your deer when you kill it, because obviously you'll shoot it with a single pin. You'll be wearing that Badlands pack, and if you're super cool, you got a denim jacket on, and you're going to drive <laughs> straight down six, south on 67 here in Illinois. You're going to come to a lovely town called Viola, Illinois, and you're going to go to Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing, and you're going to see the working-class bow hunter wing. That's right. He had to build on just for all the deer <laughs> that we're going to bring to him, and I they was, just put a new freezer in. Yeah, I was there um, last weekend, and we'll talk about why. Um, but I stopped by there, and... Uh, talked to scott for a little bit and i got to see I, I didn't actually get to see the new edition um when last time we were over there great band but i was in there 
and I was blown away by this freezer or cooler or whatever you want to call it that he has in there, and it's massive. It's as big as half my house probably, and it's very impressive. Very clean and tidy in there. It's really, I mean, you feel comfortable with knowing that stuff, meat that you're going to eat and live off of is going to be in this clean area and treated right, and he's going to take care of you. I mean, really, I don't know what else you want in a meat processor, and we believe in them, and we really think you know we'll recommend it to anyone. So I just finished the bologna that he gave me. It's good stuff. Oh, it was so good. You wish he had some more, don't you? I do. I talked to him a little bit, and we, we got to get him back in on a podcast before uh, hunting season. He's got some new stuff in the works, and we got we got to be the guinea pigs. I think right. We can test him for him. Yeah, especially all the jerky. I'll eat I'll eat the Smith's jerky until I'm dried out <laughs> and I'm jerky <laughs> as myself. Dry as the jerky. Yeah, <laughs> I'll need a, like. A, Three cases of bush lattes to try and just keep me keep me moving. That's really going to hydrate yeah, for, you. Yeah, for all of the, for our listeners out there to give them an idea of how big this cooler because he already has like a reefer trailer out there. He has a giant. He has two giant coolers. You could fit like fifty it's, Steves in this cooler. How many bush lattes? That's not people. I, I'm I'm deceiving for my size. You could not fit really the entire Walmart beer section inside this cooler. Even the Natty Daddy? You can fit as oh, many yeah. Natty Daddies That cooler is huge. Um, and also brought to you by Creative Critters Taxidermy. Move, moving along here. Um, Mark is a genius when it comes to taxidermy. Yes. And we'll talk about on a future episode that's going to relate to this episode. Yeah, because you, uh, you saw him soon after Smith, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into that. But Mark is... He's a genius. He's a good guy. He knows what he's doing with with uh, taxidermy. I trust him to do anything with anything I shoot. I, I don't really really even know how to put it into words. It's just like Mark has this idea. He'll discuss it with me. I'm like, I trust you. Do it. It'll look it'll look great no matter what. I know you got this. Yeah, just uh, and don't be afraid. To, you know, you guys out there, if you're catching fish and you get get a fish of a lifetime, take it to him. Yep. The dude works miracles with fish. Not only you don't even really have to physically take it to him. If you take good pictures and measurements, oh, yeah. he can make you a replica, and that's really awesome. And you can let that fish go on about its day. I mean, he'll do fish, ducks, geese, everything. deer, anything. He does everything. He's done a, re- a couple really cool ducks that. Oh yeah. I've always wanted to, wanted to talk about, but you know, we were always talking about deer mounts, but. Um, I think there's someone his Instagram, dude. It it, it was nuts. Turkeys. Like, yeah, he does turkeys and. If you guys listen, I don't remember what number episode it was. He talked about doing turkey mounts, and he's like, you know, honestly, they're a pain in the ass, but and they never feel like they're going to come together, and it takes about four or five hours of blow drying. He's like, right. but once it's all done, they're they're it's pretty amazing. amazing. He's 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 blow drying it himself too. Like that's not. He hasn't got like a little system that he sets up. He's just he's got like a sweatshop. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got the con air going. Just you know the air con. No, it's con air, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just being a smartass. But oh, okay. this would be I, a good time to introduce me. Yeah, so my. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Hey, All right, we're hey, talking hey. hair care hey. products. Jeez, Sam. <laughs> yeah, in the studio, my fiance Sam is in here, and she w- worked in Thailand for a while. Isn't that what they call air conditioning in Thailand? Aircon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drove so. me nuts for a little while, but now that's what I call it. Aircon. Well, there you go. It's not AC. It's aircon. Aircon. Well, we're glad to have you here. You know, we've come to your house like. At least 91 times. Time. <laughs> <laughs> One to three times a week for the last year and almost a half now, maybe. Not yeah, quite you, that much. Are you getting sick of us yet? No. Nope, she nope, is, good, she has hated me, been all Since right with day me, one. and then hated me again. And it's just a cycle. It just keeps going. It's a roller coaster with Yeah, because you can only hate someone and see him so many times to where you're just like, it's not worth my time to hate him anymore. 
So we're in the we're in the the good the good period. Yeah, tonight's a good period. There you go. <laughs> it has been ninety one episodes, and Sam has finally jumped on one. Yes. And you know finally. what? Yeah, where you been? In the living room, usually. <laughs> <laughs> Watching Friends. Watching yeah. Friends, yeah. Normally, in. Sometimes I stand by the door. <laughs> no, you don't. Well, not. Yeah, I do. Sometimes. She's like, Aww. she's got the she's got the glass cup up against the door <laughs> trying to listen. She goes, my, my future hubby and his friends are so well-versed in the art of deer hunting and <laughs> podcasting. God. There is some... Uh, we're just making idiots of ourselves and oh putting yeah. it out for the world to listen to. It's okay, though. She's it's, what it. it's what we're good at. You yeah, know, it took 91 episodes for you to come on, and then my dad still hasn't done one. He's got oh, yeah. a thousand oh, stories. Yeah. That's you know yeah, that's coming up. Yeah, Papa Dave on. Yeah, oh, I'm... Yeah. Ever, during hunting season, I think my dad, this fall, is going to be on probably every episode. Oh, so, yeah. Um, that'll be good. we got lots of stories. But let's get into the story time here, guys. This is what this episode's all story about, time. pretty much. So, let's, I, and let's start with our guest. Uh, Sam, you recently made a purchase. Yes, I did. What did you purchase? I just got an elite spirit. Mm. Stepping up Big in the world. Yes. Welcome to the club. Yeah. yeah. How, thank you. Thank how does you. it how does it feel to be the owner of one of the finest bows on the planet? It is a game changer. It's amazing. Being able to shoot a quality bow is just it's unbelievable. The back wall on the elite is just the coolest thing ever. It makes me feel super comfortable when I'm shooting and I'm still really new learning how to shoot and things like that. And so it's well, that, awesome. That's a good point. You know, the back wall is, you know. It's I, solid. It's yeah, everyone's familiar with that term. Mm-hmm. That's when you're back at full draw, the feeling of it, you know, through the valley, which is like basically the let off when the weight starts to let off and the roll on the cam. And, you know, for people that are new into archery, the elite let off and the back wall is so important because you can feel comfortable at full draw and you don't feel pressured to hurry up and, wham release the shot and you know you with bows that have an aggressive cam where you feel like you need to let that arrow go because it's uncomfortable to hold and you feel like you're kind of pressured to let it go that really generates target panic yeah because it's making you go it's got to go now it's got to go now where now you feel like you can hold and aim and take your time and concentrate focus on your form all of your anchor points all the different types of positions that you're supposed to be in it really helps you to just slow down and and take that time exactly See, and i think something like that's like really good for uh for anyone who's who's new to or wants to get into shooting because you know as as kids or whatever you know you look at a compound boat you think you're like oh dude i gotta hold all that back and some of them you know you gotta hold quite a bit of weight and that's a little scary you know because you're just yeah. holding this thing that could take your nose off or swipe <laughs> you in the arm but you know so you went from a Diamond Infinite Edge to this. Yeah, big jump. Basically from an entry-level bow to a top-of-the-line That is a It's bow. a premium bow. Though. Like that's it really is. I mean, I had no idea what I was missing out on, you know, and it's... Mm-hmm. it's and it's something I told you for the longest time. I'm like, you know, I, I have an elite synergy, and I'm like, you know, Sam, we should get you a spirit that way you can feel the quality of a top-end bow, but you, ne- you would never know until you actually shoot one. Right, yeah. And... That, okay. I want to make a point real quick, too, before we get even more into the spirit talk. You know, we had Darren Christianberry on last episode, episode 90, and we brought up the spirit to him. And Darren shoots professionally for Elite, and he's also an Elite rep. So the guy lives and breathes, and he makes his living oh. off of Elite. And, he, and yeah, you mentioned this. Yeah, they just – that team of Boboff, Levi Morgan, uh, Darren. Darren, and – oh, man, I, I saw the other guy. I could not think of who it was. Um the 
They just won as a team the triple crown, the triple IBL crown, triple yep. crown last weekend. And you know we've been saying it every time someone's on our podcast, something good happens. To you them. kill a big deer, you get engaged, you the, win. Yeah, the O-Town Outdoor <laughs> Boys got engaged. Uh, to everybody that we've talked to, and then he was no different. So, guys, if you want something good to happen in your life, hop on the podcast. You can contact us, workingclassbowhunter dot com. Hit us up. Yeah, <laughs> we're a big deal. But, but Darren talked about the the elite spirit, and you know I was like, oh, I I referred to it. I was like, oh yeah, the women's bow, the youth bow. He's like, you know. You know, we kind of marketed it that way, and that's probably our mistake, but it's really not just – it's an everyone bow. If you have, a, like, a smaller draw length or you just want a bow that's lighter, that still has a performance, you know, the the Elite Spirit is really the bow for you. And a good example is when uh, Sam and I took um, her spirit over to Creative Critters, Mark Reif, and he shoots a, an Elite Synergy. And he was comparing the two, and Mark's a smaller guy. He's got a small draw length or a short draw length. And he picks Sam's spirit up. He's like, "Man, I love this." Did he shoot it? No, he didn't shoot oh. it. But it, just the feel of it. He's like, "I love this. It's the correct weight. It feels good." And you know, really, that's a good example. And I'm that's what I was telling Steve. Steve's kind of wondering what bow he wants to get, and Steve has a shorter draw length. Mm-hmm. Like, we've can, been we've been kind of hitting toward him to check it out. Right, you can get the spirit in a 65, 70 pound limbs and right. shoot that thing. And I mean, hey, and then because my girlfriend has the same draw length to do, we just have to get one bow and they both can go shoot it. Right, there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Amy actually so. shot the uh, shot the spirit and loved absolutely loved it. Well, the thing is, I've never, Sam, I've never saw you, you've never shot that good with the other bow. You just. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. Or it took a lot, a lot of concentration and it was kind of a fluke. It wasn't because of what I was doing. So now let me ask you this. This is the uh, golden question. I mean, obviously, yeah, you got this nice new bow, but it, it shoots really nice. Have you, since you got that and shot it a couple times, have you had the urge to just go out and shoot every day? Yes, I have the urge to go shoot in practice, but I also have the urge to go shoot other bows. I want to go mm. compare. I want I want to know why this one's I know it's better than, you know, an entry bow, but I want to know why it's different than Matthews, Hoyt, all those other brand bows that we know, you know. Good point. Which is Future a good pro staffer guys just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's a good point too, and that's a re- and a really cool way to look at it cuz that's the way you should think about it because you know easily you could easily jump on the elite bandwagon and be like elite's better than matthews and, and, and you have no reason why yeah and there's yeah. a lot of people who do that you talk to them well what do you shoot well i shoot a matthews or a hoyt or whatever brand you shoot well it's better than this boat well why have you ever shot yeah. one well no, no but but i'm i'll never shoot anything else but matthews i'm matthews all the way or whatever yeah. you are well then you know it's that's the wrong opinion to have. All bows are good. It's the, what you want in a bow. Is and what really... about bringing yourself to that optimum performance? If you could right. do that with a different brand, maybe so be it. You know? Right. So if you found a bow that shot better, you would buy that one instead, knowing that you just got this one. I mean, no, I'm not going to switch right away. I need practice, and I need to learn how to shoot better and, you know, how to be accurate and consistent. And right. Yeah. I need to find my form and things like that with a quality bow rather than one that I'm always messing with and changing things on, you know? So right. not quite, but I just want to compare. I want to know. I know Elite's awesome, and I know Elite's the best, and I want to know why. You going to start shooting back tension, too? Not quite. <laughs> well, I mean, give that, me some time. Know, okay? Maybe, yeah, that'll come with time. But <laughs> uh, you know what? You should get her the uh, the the hex. The you know, I'll let, yeah, the uh, yeah, the Scott hex. 
It's got or no, not that uh, the what's the one you shoot? Because I keep the I hex. get that too. The I shoot the hex. But it's the Longhorn, long, oh, it's yeah. the Longhorn hex. I yeah. keep getting that confused. Yeah. The Longhorn has the the. I just call it the hex. The finger, the uh, pointer finger, the extra finger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Sam, that's a good point because why limit yourself to you're basically you're being closed minded to it. And we've all known the guys, and I'll use Matthews just as an example that. All ever shoot is Matthews. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, then all of a sudden you get more into archery, and then you explore, and you're shooting the competitor, or you're shooting. It doesn't matter, you know why? Give I, yourself I, that option, right? Exactly. I Give love my elite. I do love my elite, but I love Hoyts too. Well, that's like you I, know? I bought my Strother, and I didn't think I'd ever change. Well, that changed real fast, but <laughs> right. It's easy to fall into that right. because you're a part of that. Like you feel. You're a part of that crew. And I shot that bow so well, but I never really shot anything else until... Right. You know, and I think that's kind of why we made it a point at ATA, like, let's go shoot every bow possible. You know, right. and, and yeah. don't think and like we did that. And, yeah. You know, you know we're, we're harping on that, but don't think it's wrong to be brand loyal. You know, just like... It's fun. It, it, it is fun. Oh, yeah. It's fun to poke, you know, poke holes, uh, you know, in people's, you know... Um, well, it's fun yeah, to bullshit I, I with your buddies. Yeah. Like, you know, Steve oh, shooting sure. at Matthews. Like, oh, Steve, blah, 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 you suck, man. That Matthew sucks, or that yeah. Hoyt sucks, or this. It, it's fun doing that to each other, and it's all fun. It's all fun and games. And but in if this you're... day and age, I mean, the bows are just so advanced that yeah. you really oh, can't yeah. go wrong. Right? It's whatever yeah. fits you pers- exactly. Yeah. personally. Exactly. So if you can find loyalty to that company, then then right. then the so more be. power to you. You know, yeah. like, but it's if you've all... got faith in a company to continue, like that's the only bow I'll ever buy ever again. Yeah, and you if know, you start, you know, getting to know the people in the company and they're great company, great people, then right. stick with it. And, you know, that that is part, like, yeah, that's a good point. You know, like, I currently have an elite. I love it. I love seeing the team elite win the triple crown. Oh, yeah. I love that. You know, it's like, oh, man, look at my boys, you know. But at the same time, it's, you know, Jesse Broadwater shooting Hoyt. And if I'm shooting Hoyt, I'm like, yo, Jesse's the best guy that's out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, it's, right, right. It's fun to be a part of that. It's just. It's kind of like a NASCAR driver. You're, you know, if you're a fan of whoever, you want to see him win, and you're gonna heckle other people that are fans of whoever else. So it was oh, yeah, Jeff Gordon for some reason. T-shirts and flags and banners. But you know what I mean? Oh yeah, that's part of the fun. And honestly, I'll even admit it. I'll be that guy no matter what bow I shoot. If I shoot PSE next year or whatever. I'm going to fly a PSC flag, and I'm going to be Team PSE or Team Elite or Team Matthews because that's part of the fun of it. And yeah. I'm going to give Eric shit about shooting whatever, and I'm gonna, I'll am i even give my own fiance shit about whatever bow she's shooting <laughs> just because that's part of the fun. Oh, uh, that's boy, just if you it, could see the icy yeah. stare she's given him. That, oh. that, that, that stare <laughs> is only as cold as Smith's custom meets brand new freezer. <laughs> That was awesome. Uh, that was pretty good. But uh, you know, it's it, it's super cool that you know you're into it. And um, I remember when when I got Amy, I, I we got her. Uh, I don't know. I didn't get it. She bought it with her own money. She's an independent woman. She bought the, <laughs> Steve's she, meal ticket over here. Yep. She bought the mission flare, and um, you know, it got set up for her. And you know, you look at that bow, and you're like, "Oh, this that is bow literally that... has candy paint on it, dude." That is a nice shooting bow, like no joke. I had my uh, my cousin shoot it, and he's like, "Dude, he's like, if they made this in like a dude, like, cause it was like five hundred bucks." He's like, "Man, if it wasn't so girly looking, he's like, I'd shoot this." But I remember she got that, and she's like, "Well, we need a target," and I'm like, "Well, let's go to Walmart, go get a bag target." Which we got the Buck Commander target, and that thing was like twenty bucks, dude. That was like the easiest. Uh, every yeah, time I pulled really arrows out, 
So we had that set up in our basement. She's like, well, I want to shoot as soon as we got home. I was like, all right. So I shot and then, you know, fell asleep and uh, woke up the next day and all I heard was, oh, in the world is that? 630 in the morning on a Saturday. She just went down there and shot. She was (laughs) like, this is so cool. And, you know, when you get and that was it's a nice bow. But, you know, from where from where that bow compares to what you got. You know, I think that if she got the uh, spirit, she she'd shoot a whole lot more. Yeah, I, and it's just but the it, thing. Yeah, her bow is, is perfectly capable. And, oh yeah, oh yeah, for you sure. Know, of it, you know, it's a great bow. And the thing is, like you know, you said your buddy. You know, if it wasn't so girly, you know, I would get one. Yeah, and that's a good point to and, you know. And Darren's like, you know, it's not. We're not going to market it to women. Like the elite spirit, I could easily shoot it. You know, I shot that bow. I shot your bow yesterday for probably an hour and a half. Just playing with it and ruined one of my brand new arrows. Oh yeah, <laughs> I bought Sam the other day as like a, I surprised her. She never had. Wait, her did own... she buy it with her own money or did you buy it? For it her? was a surprise for her. Oh, big I, Daddy stepped in. I, right. picked, I picked him up. So she always used arrows. I like hand me down arrows, and they were too long and probably overspined and a little heavy. Yeah, they're all different usually. Right. So well, right. always changing. <laughs> well, you had an entry level bow, and it, we just were kind of deciding what we wanted. And I ran across the Samantha Morgan um, Gold Tip Name the Game arrows, mm-hmm. and so as a surprise, I I got them for her, and I Robin Hooded them um, yeah. yesterday. And uh, yeah, supposed to let her so do the elite that. spirit's shooting pretty well. well mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wanted to know. <laughs> I was playing around with it, but speaking of this, we got to give a big shout out to Ross Bigger, yeah, um, and Clark Cummins. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Clark Cummins from Respect the Game, Elites Respect the Game. Um, and Wait, is it Cummings or Cummins like the diesel? Cummings, I think. Cummins, you're I don't going know. to cover Clark Cummins. I don't know. Tru- trucking close, all them giant enough. deer. Yeah. Sounds enough. cool. It's spelled the same way, probably. Right, we'll, we'll ask. Anyway, him. nicest guy on the planet. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, Ross. Yeah, we got to talk about that. You Ross know, is the... a really cool guy. So Ross, big, um, bigger, mm-hmm. had this. Um, is it oh, Biggins? It's bigger, okay. I believe. Well, all right. Man, we, we suck know. with last names. If we know here. who you are with last names. We're terrible with names <laughs> so in Clark, general. Clark took us up with this guy, and he basically owns his own electrician company. He's He's been on Respect the Game, and he's just a bow guru. And for fun, on the side, he basically opened up an elite dealership in his shed right outside his house. And I didn't know what to expect. We went over there to get the spear or check it out. Oh, I thought it was in his house. No, it's outside. He's got like a... It's like a, a barn. It's like a Morton building type thing. And oh, got, and it's just oh, okay, okay. But it's um, you go in there and it's like the one of the coolest little setups. You everyone, every bow hunter wishes they had this. You walk in, he's got the rack full of all the new bows he has for sale, and he's got a little mini like uh, retail display rack with just he's got some Scott releases on sale, some um, some game calls, just odds and ends, and. He's actually going to carry all the elite clothing here soon. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's got his Sweet. bow press, his bench, and arrows for sale. Two 200-inch deer on the wall, I might add. Um, great guy. Awesome guy. And he's for sure going to do a podcast. I told him, like, you're doing a podcast. He's like, all right, man, I'm, I'm down for it. You know, Clark said it's a good time. So big shout-out to him. And uh, Where is he? He's down in uh, Knoxville, Illinois. Yeah, I don't know exactly what town Near it is. Monmouth. It's west of Monmouth. I, I thought know, it was not. Well, was it Knoxville? What is that town? That's o- where Clark's from. Oquaka? Oquaka. Is that what it Oquaka. is? Oquaka. Oquaka. That's where it's at. Oquaka. Yeah, he, he's between Oquaka. Monmouth and yeah. Oquaka. Yeah, but Ross has been a huge help in getting my elite and just 
you know, helping us. He's set up everything on my bow. He's, you know. Yeah, he's been, been really he's good. been awesome. So. Right, right away, you talk to him. You just feel comfortable, you know, and it's just kind of like, hey, man, you know, and it, right, it, you just feel he's a humble guy for having two 200 deer on the wall. Yeah. You know, I, I, I felt like I hit it off really well with him. I'm like, this is the people you want to surround yourself with in the hunting industry, you know, like Clark, great guy. You want to talk to that guy. You want to hang out with that guy. Good people is who you need to surround yourself with, especially if they're good hunters, too. You can learn a thing or two, and that's what I like about it. People who are going to make you better and a better hunter in the end, yeah. For sure. Yeah, What is so his uh, shop, what's it called, 164 Outdoors? Is that what he's? I think something like that, I yeah. thought something on, on Facebook. I don't know. If you want to get a hold of him, I think call him. Yeah, we'll do a whole episode on it. Um, yeah, because he doesn't yeah. he doesn't like have store hours because he's the working man. It's just on. Yeah, it really is. He's an electrician. You know, he owns his own electrician company. He does his thing during the day, and he comes and plays with bows at home after work. See, that's kind of the that's a life right there. You know, every you know all them all them cats that are out there that are you know striving to be in the hunting industry. Man, do something like that. That'll like be the best thing for you. You know, a lot of guys are like, oh, I want a TV show. Or just hustle super hard and open a little bow shop on the side, man. You know, right. that's... Yeah, he's loving it. He really is. You can just see how much he loves it, being in his atmosphere, being in that room. Yeah. It was, used to be his man cave, and he has turned it into his bow shop. Mm. So. Yeah. Sweet. He was... Uh, we walked in. He was setting up a spirit. Just, oh, really? Just, just to go out and shoot it a few times. <laughs> not the spirit. Or not the spirit. The uh, victory. The yeah. victory. Yeah. Victory. He had a, a charcoal or silver or a gray or whatever you want to call it target victory oh, 37 he was playing with. About, yeah. Titanium, I think, is what he Ti- calls it. Titanium would yeah. probably be the right term for it. Yeah. The right yes. color. Okay, the this is scheme. we're going to transfer into story time here. And this is the title of the episode. And we're halfway through, <laughs> so this is a good time to transfer over. <laughs> so the title is obviously Roadkill Bucks. Yeah. And... You always hear about the big roadkill buck that was hit here and it scored this or whatever it may be. And those are always fun stories. They're, it's too bad to hear those stories, but it's just part of what happens with there being so many white-tailed deer. or Mother nature, man. Yeah. yeah, it's just part of it. And, yeah, we were going to uh, – we wanted to transition because we, we do want to tell you a buck story, so we did not forget our vet shout-out. Oh, man, good yes. call. No, we did not forget that. Should we? Because go, it, you want to do that now? Yeah, let's yep. go ahead and do yep. that now, and then we'll get into the, the roadkill bucks for sure. Um, but, yeah, the uh, the vet shout-out is – these guys actually discovered it on accident. Well, we knew – everyone knows about this buck. If you've been yeah. around, you, you've heard of this deer, um, the Dell Austin buck. And that deer is – an iconic buck that goes down in history as just a record world-class animal shot with a bow. Um, so the reason how our vet shout out relates to the Dell Austin buck is the hunter who right. shot the Dell Austin yeah. buck yep. um, was actually, go ahead. You got, you got it all there on your, on your yeah. Sheet. So we, we were sitting here watching videos on it and we're like, we got to get this guy on the show. So we're looking up, trying to find info on him, and he was—he's an old, older guy too. Yeah, in this video. older. He was a so, old, and he like... passed away back in 2014. So we can't have him on the show, but this buck was <laughs> shot a... in 1962. Yeah, <laughs> 1962, the Dell Austin, the buck old was shot. Mossy Horns, is what they called him. It's kind of a cool story how he was telling it on the video, but yeah, he goes back. I guess his buddy hunted it for five years, and it was just before rifles in Kansas, right? Yeah, yeah and, Kansas. And yeah, it was Kansas, so. and they were just before rifle season. They were like, "We got to get out there." You know, it was like forty-five minutes till dark. You got to go out there quick, and right. 
And Set up a stand. It, old, you know, back then there was no trail cams. Old Mossy Horn came in, and I'm glad I at least got to mm-hmm. see him. And he actually moved into about 15 yards, and I, I had to take a quarter and two shot, which I wasn't too fond of, but Dude, I had to let him have it. Yeah, he said the greatest thing that any old boy has ever said about killing deer. Well, I'll let him have it. <laughs> he ran through the woods like a bulldozer. Yeah, sound and, like a bulldozer. And so his buddy had been hunting for five years, and basically um, – Mr. Austin steps in, shoots the thing at 15 yards, kills him. Within 45 minutes, yeah. He he goes, you know, he hunted the thing for five years, and he was real nice to me, but he had to have some feelings, but I got over it. (laughs) But uh, he was in the Navy, and we just figured that was a really fitting uh, veteran shout-out. Right. And Yeah, and you guys found it. And so, you know, we want to thank him for his service and service to the deer hunting community. Right. He went down. He's a legend. Yeah. Yep. He and shot. He shot this thing on Halloween night. Yeah, oh, which is cool. Yeah. What did it score? What was it again? Two seventy nine and seven eighths. It was the first buck that the Pope and Young gave the Ishi Award yep. for. I is it still? I wonder if it's still the standing record. I guess we should have probably researched that, but it, it's got to ta- be close. I mean, I would assume it is. At the time, it was. Um, it's it's a buck of a lifetime. They actually had the sheds the year before, and I think about five years prior. And yes. the deer held the same characteristics all the way through. That's just, nuts. It was like, dude, was he on the downhill? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he, that's, you know. And that's, they called him Mossy Horn, right? Yeah, Mossy Horn. And they called Horn. him Mossy. that because of all the things that were hanging off of his Yeah, it right. like, like said, well, In the story, he tells him that he's like, the guy that's explaining the deer says, when he's running through the field, looks like he's got a bunch of moss hanging off his antlers. Yeah, how it's cool. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. the base of his antlers and, like, all these, like, it's drop tines at the base that come off the main beam, and they basically go right in the deer's line of sight, which yeah. it's, it's it's definitely cool. So but that was a very fitting um, veteran shout-out, we thought, and just uh, he's a legend, so hopefully he's uh, yeah. looking down on all the bow hunters there. Here's and, to you, Del yeah. Austin. Yep. Raise our... Bush lattes, ice cold bush lattes. That make, guy, Michelob Ultra. I gotta try and lose weight, <laughs> right? So, so anyway, yeah, um, that, that was cool because you guys found that video, and they they do a bunch of these video series of these legendary, uh, legendary deer. It was legendary whitetails YouTube, and we'll post yeah. a link to that video in the description of the episode. Um, and uh, you know, there's a bunch of the roadkill uh, bucks that we'll talk about, but um, the reason this whole episode started, I think. Um, Kurt, you might have a have a little bit of a story to tell. Right. So Tall last, tale. this last weekend, uh, my dad and I were going to hang um, some tree stands on a little parcel of ground. Um, basically, it's just a crick line, and we were going to go get um, – get, basically, we we're going to go hang a stand. We already had one, and we were headed down Highway 67 to go to Old Farm King or Corn King if you're from my neck of the woods. <laughs> Corn King? Yeah, we call Corn it King. Me and my hunting buddies call it Corn King. It's a j- story and a joke for another time. We were headed down to Corn King to get a, a backup stand. Wait, is it Corn King for like two years and then it's Bean King and then back to <laughs> every Corn other King? year? Every other year, you rotate. All right, all right, all right. I didn't know what kind of style you guys were running there. Anyway, if you're familiar with Farm King, uh, it's a magical place. It's like Farm and Fleet, but better. And if you don't know what Farm and Fleet is, or uh, Fleet and Farm for our Wisconsinites, oh right? yeah. yeah, right, it's different. Up so there. we're headed out to basically we're on 67. We passed the turn that I normally would take to go to this this new parcel that we're going to hang a stand in. We're like, all right, it was early in the morning. Not even that early, like 8-ish, 8 in the morning. Oh, we'll keep going. We'll head down 67. We'll stop at Farm King, pick up a backup stand because we always like to have one on hand. That way if we're like, oh, man, there's a deer over here or whatever. We need to throw one up. We'll do it. So we pass our turn. We get going down the road, pass the turn about uh, 
maybe three quarters of a mile, whatever. So about like four hollers. Four hollers or so. (laughs) And I'm driving my dad's truck, and I look over, and I see this deer land. I'm like, oh, man, here's a deer. And and then you get up closer, and I see this big rack sticking up. And I'm like, this is really what I did. Oh, shit. (laughs) Whipped it around, (laughs) straight in the highway, pulled up to it, get out. And my dad's like, oh, my God, Kurt, look at this thing. And this this big velvet nine or ten I don't even know nine or ten pointer with just kick or kickers and stickers all over the bases and just pure velvet all intact. The the antlers weren't broken or anything. And, and I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, how, normally it just doesn't work that way. You know, normally if a buck's hit, someone stops, especially on this highway. Yeah, there's and, hunter, and, yeah. in that area too. Yeah, there's, there's hunters and everywhere, everywhere. Oh, dude, it was probably someone just hit it going down to Monmouth to go back to college. Some college student who was like, "Oh my god, I just hit it." Still a deer. drunk from the night before, and right. I'm getting out again. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know what I. I mean, I don't know. I turned around and pulled up to it, and I'm like, "Wow, look at this thing!" Yeah. First thing, guys, you got to do this and just do it the right way. Yeah. Being this nice of a deer, and he, obviously, I wanted it. You have to take care of it the right way. You have to call DNR. You yep. have to call either DNR, the local sheriff's office, do whatever. I called the county sheriff, let him know I found this deer, wanted it. He answered on his home phone because it's <laughs> right. Right, <laughs> there aren't a whole lot of people down there. <laughs> right, I called DNR. I reported it. I got my number. I did everything legal, beagle, and I stood out there for an hour calling people, all that, getting the mm-hmm. right numbers. I needed everything, and that's what it took. I was, and I had probably had five or six people stop and stop to look at the deer and ask what was going on. And we had a couple old timers stopped and thought that we had hit the deer and asked if we were okay, whatever, which was really nice. And but you got to do it the legal way. So that's that was my first priority. I have to take care of this legally. I want to take this and all that. The bucks, the meat. I wasn't sure how long the deer had been in there. It was pretty road rashed. Um, it was bloated. Um, like the gut was popped for sure inside of it. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't burst open or anything like that. So I didn't know it was kind of, a, it was a warm day. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of questionable things going on with the meat. I, you know, I'm all about salvaging venison if you can, but this don't, deer. Don't take the chance. Yeah. Of it. This deer, it. It was. I'm assuming it would have been pretty nasty. Yeah, go with your gut feeling um, on that one. The rack had road rash all over it. Uh, well, on both sides of the beams, there was some road rash. And it looked like someone had already tried to cut the head off of it. Like, there was a slit in the skin, and it's like they were like, couldn't follow through with it, or I don't know what the deal was. I'm, I'm curious now, because I, I, when you told me this story, you didn't tell me that the rack had road rash on both sides. So I'm wondering... If he didn't just get dragged and dragged under a car like a car ran over him, you know, the boys know, out there, could, I don't know. Be, if it got hit and then it ran over, he probably got turned the other side, and that probably could have cut him too. What I'm thinking is someone hit this deer. I don't know how that deer could have been there 30 minutes. That deer could have been there all night. I don't know. I doubt all night because someone would stop and, you know, I don't know how many people would have actually stopped and took care of it the correct way and just cut the rack off of it and did, you know, just left. But I wanted to make sure I did it legally. Um, I wanted to do some sort of mount with it being in velvet and being such a nice deer. Like this deer, you know, he still had two months to grow. And I'm thinking this deer would have been easily 160 inches. He's already a nice nine-pointer as it is. Yeah, really nice. He's probably every bit of 150 right now. Right. You know, and he had a lot of growing to do. And if you guys have never felt a velvet rack and Sam got to, you know, play with it and feel it, it's really bizarre. 
especially like being in July and being, you know, a while from shedding, it's real meaty. Yeah. And you is. can kind of feel like the hard hardness of the core of the antler deep down through it. Like the tops of the tines and the ends of the main beams is real meaty. That's and it, nuts that it forms into bone. You know, I, I'm not weird. trying to cut you off, but no, I'm just no. like. Just that transformation is oh, just like a, a crazy, weird deal. Crazy yeah, crazy it's process. weird. Because, like, dude, if, if humans grew the way that deer antlers grow, because it's bone. Yeah. It, what, what's the, they, they grow in It's like a inch, half inch a day. Half inch a day. Qu- a quarter it's, inch a day, something like that. I think they said uh, whitetail antler, uh, and, and I may be wrong, but it's the fastest growing cellular substance. I think Yeah, I believe that's on true. On the yeah. planet. Yep. Yeah. Known to man, anyway. So just like, just knowing that, you know, this is like solid now, or it, 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 it's not solid, but in two months, all of a sudden, it's going to be like hard bone. Right. Well, that just that blows it, my mind. It's really weird, and they you know? like rub the velvet off, and it's just yeah, they're hard, basically fighting weapons after that, you know. And you look at right. some of these deer that we were looking at, you know, some of the roadkill deer, like they rub their velvet off like all them points, mm-hmm. like and how yeah. they know when to rub it off, like they can't like just you know te- feel it. You I know? think it's a testosterone thing. Well, and I guess if you ain't got nothing else better to do today, like it's not <laughs> like any deer's going to his deer accounting job, or you know, he's right. he's getting nagged by his wife, so he's just. You're just rubbing the tree. Oh, you're always hollering at those other does. I don't like it. He's just rubbing it off. You know, I, I, like I get, I get, uh, I totally relate. But I call. So I called uh, Mark Reif at Creative Critters, and I'm not. I can't really. I, I don't want to give away his secret on how he's going to do this. Preserve this velvet. <laughs> oh, but, what you told me was a secret. No, it's a It's oh, it's a process that's not well known. That some of the very well experienced taxidermists, like professional, famous taxidermists, know this process. It's not illegal or anything, so nobody getting any no. Well, I didn't. I didn't tell anybody. I'm just, just glad I'm. A, I'm, just, no, I'm just glad I'm a part of something. It, uh, not that it's a secret. It's just like a From an what? industry trade that's not shared gotcha. often because it's a money saver and a money maker. Mm. It's completely legal, so nobody getting the Illuminati funny business ideas going on. It's just not a lot of people know that it works. And you would honestly, this process, maybe maybe we can get Mark on to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it without him being here. All right. It's a process that you never think of. You would well, never When you think told of me, I was like, what in the world? Is that a real process? <laughs> right. Like, I guess. So, typically, so I called Mark and I'm like, hey, I don't know how long this deer's been here. I don't know if the velvet's bad. I don't know if this deer's going to be rotten. I don't know anything about it. It's hard to tell. He's like, well, just do your thing, take care of it, get some ice on it. So I did did all that. I take it to Mark. He's like, it seems fine. We'll we'll find out more about it. So I wanted to do a European mount, but with the velvet still in the antlers. I didn't even know this was going to be possible. Um, I didn't know how it could be done. Mark had some ideas on how to preserve it, talked to some famous tax numbers that he, he knows. Um, typically they box them up, send them out and have them freeze dried at certain taxidermy places, yep. do that. And they come back fully preserved. Like Trevor's antler doe that he shot in velvet is at the freeze dryer right now. Yeah. Cause that deer was very brittle and. But Mark, this new process, he'll might be able to do it in house now. Right. Yeah. From I'm what hoping. I'm guessing. Mark's never attempted it. I don't want to really even get too much into it because I don't know what I can say or can't say. I don't want to give away his trade secret. Hey, you know? hey right. do you want to know how your taxidermist is a stud if he's in Illinois and knows how to handle velvet antlers? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. true, yeah. So normally a lot of guys can inject them. 
with some sort of I don't know what it is, but it Probably hardens like a, a hardening compound or something. Right. So I talked to Mark. Cement. I'm like, this deer is beautiful, <laughs> and I, me and Sam were talking. I'm like, what do you think? Should I shoulder mount it? And you didn't seem opposed to that. But you thought that the velvet on the skull mount would be pretty cool, too. Yeah, I thought that would look really nice. And since it was a roadkill that, you know, you didn't take, I thought that the European mount would do would do it justice. For sure. And pitchers don't really even do this well, deer and justice. The, and the boss spoke, so, you know, that's <laughs> what it's got to be. <laughs> it's funny that you say that, like, you know, like typical couples, yeah, the boss. But I, I seriously have too many mounts that – and Sam – it actually, Sam, you enjoy She's the over mounts. it. She's over it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to take your. You got to. I've your... never hated it. I've always loved it. We've yeah. had mounts in the bedroom and stuff before. She's cool with it. Yeah, you got to take the boss because they're the ones who are always going to want to decorate and you know just all right. If this deer's looking, it's like what Mark was talking about. You know, <clears throat> when people don't know what they want, you know how they want things mounted. He'll always be like, "All right, what's your house look like? You know how right. how tall right. are the ceilings? You know what." Where's this going to go? In Where's the house? window at? Right. And which way is it facing? Which, but and yeah. how are we going to make this deer look the best way it possibly can? They, exactly. Right? So you and can yep. enjoy it yep. as, as it is. Absolutely. You know, we ha- I have a European mount in the bathroom above the toilet. Yeah, I love so, it. Mm-hmm. You look so, at it every time you go to the bathroom. Right. <laughs> yep, sitting there taking a pee. Oh, look. Oh, wow. I never see Pretty it. Nice oh, hey. Book. Hey, how are, you, how are you doing? <laughs> Those are some nice brow tines. What's up? Good looking. <laughs> <laughs> no, nice I'm always right. facing the other way when I go to the yes. bathroom. Steve, Steve I, sits down to pee if you guys didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. You ran right into that one. Oh yeah. But uh, you know that is the cool thing too with Mark. He just he's got a handle. You trust the guy. So basically, what happened is, I'm at Walmart shopping the other day. Mark calls me, Kurt. I got to cut the antlers off this thing. And I'm like, Well, what, what do you mean you got to cut the antlers off? He's like, The velvet on the burr of the antler, which is the base of the antler, hangs down too far. And I can't simmer the skull. He already has it skinned. He's like, I can't simmer the skull without damaging the velvet. Ah. He's like, I'm going to have to cut the antlers off. We'll take care of it. I have a process. Basically, <laughs> it's going to go back on you. won't even ever know. He's got a process for everything. Well, it seems I like. love that he, right. he really you. takes and care it's awesome. of things. And he's it's very, awesome. Yeah. yeah, he's particular, yeah. and he's not going to let anything happen to it. I mean, velvet, if people don't know, is very, very sensitive for you know, fragile, and mm-hmm. it can't be messed with. That's why Kurt was worried about it being left in the heat, or he was freaking out about it being in the back of the truck. He was putting ice on top of it and, you know, calling Mark four, four times when he was trying to sleep. And, you know, it's just something that you have to take care of, and Mark takes all oh, those yeah. extra steps to make sure nothing's ruined. Oh, yeah, Kurt, you exactly. didn't tell us about the freakout that you had. Oh, no, shit. I called Mark probably <laughs> six times when I found the deer. And it was, you know, early, but not crazy early. But Mark also stayed up till 5 a.m. working on taxidermy. Yeah. And he's like, oh, man, I, I messed him. Like, Mark, call me ASAP. He's like, hey, man, sorry, man. I, I was up till 5. What's going on? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, man, I found this buck right now. It's in velvet. What do I do? <laughs> and he's like, hey, all right. Yeah, do this and this and this and this. But uh, this buck was still so early in the growing stages that the tips of the tines were real fragile. And actually, the right main beam was broken, and I didn't even know it. I I grabbed the ends of the main beams, and when I first found it, I'm like, this thing's got to be broken. And I moved it, and it flexed really bad. But Dude. I'm like, I don't know if that's just the that way. That could be the movement in the right. cartilage and everything. But do you, th- right. do you think, and maybe this is a question for Mark, like, you know how like everything's still kind of, you know, I, I don't know what's really going on when that, but if it breaks... Well, it's in velvet. You know, they always say if it gets damaged, you know, that's how those holes could be. 
when everything's getting hardened up, do you think that'll harden around and yep. oh, yeah. that, that so, break will still be there? It's just like when you break a bone, all the calcium builds up around it. Yeah, so that'll so it even if it's broken, if if they break it now, right. so, even when it grows, it'll be... I, well, that's the thing I asked Mark. I'm like, oh, man, great. Because I, I didn't have the balls to move the thing that much as Mark did. Mark grabbed the damn thing and just <laughs> like, oh, hey, the main beam's broken. <laughs> but the main beam was like, if you took the actual thick part of the main beam, the actual, the main beam, and took it and split it out of 45, it kind of held itself together as a puzzle piece. And the way Mark explained it, he's like, you know, this velvet is actually really like a thick type of skin or some sort. He's like, and that velvet is holding that in place. He's like, when I treat this and preserve it, it'll actually all harden and it all harden together. Oh, okay. And he had a rack that was in velvet that was also a roadkill that he had also, it was just the skull plate, but he preserved it. It had it freeze dried. It was further along in the growth process, but it had broken and you, you couldn't even tell. But in the wild, that would still harden too. I would believe so. Okay. Yeah, I would. Still, that, it's still, it's still encased and it's still growing. Yeah, so no, eventually that, it'll grow back together. That's I what imagine. I was curious about. You know, just because yeah. it's like, you know, how many times have, you know, if you got something like, and I didn't feel it, but you said it's that soft. You, you're running through timber and right. stuff. You know, they're also real careful. But I mean, even through a cornfield. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, with a broken main beam well, I mean, and velvet, it, you still have a core in there. It's kind of like, I mean, your arm with your skin around it. Right. If, yeah. you, if you imagine it, you know. It's actually exactly what it's like. Yeah, it, and that's it really what it, I mean, because you Except can Except you don't it. rub the skin off your arm until it's bone and sharp and <laughs> stat, try to stab well, somebody right, with but it. It's <laughs> kind of a good idea. I don't know. But I mean, I bet you they're more durable than you actually think. Like Probably, They yeah. could probably run through corn and stuff with them and be fine. When I was in, I went to taxidermy school at uh, Joe Meter's uh, taxidermy school in Solon, Iowa. and Solon? He, is it Solon or yeah, Solon? It's, it's Solon. I always call it Solon. But anyway, um, he had bucks out there that you could go and actually go into the pen that were alive and in velvet. And, man, it was so bizarre because you could pet the velvet antlers, but if you got too like comfortable, touchy-feely with it, they would yank their head back. And well, you, it's got to be sensitive because, it's, again, it's right. like skin around them. Not that, not that I'm saying that I heard it by t- touching the velvet, and you knew to be careful. Like, it's... It's kind of sketchy being around them because they're so, like, on death comp five alert. Oh, yeah. Every noise, they're perking around looking. But you can tell that the deer know that it's an important process that they protect the velvet. I'm sure they feel it. Oh, for sure. But you couldn't really grab it and be aggressive with the velvet. Yeah, because that's how they're going to, you know, get a little something-something, you know? Right. Like, dude, if you get get a brand-new shirt, you know, you're not going to let some kid wrinkle it. You know, you're going to keep that thing pristine until you go out to the club and you, meet a, and you meet a nice little doe, and you're like, hey, why don't you come back to my uh, my deer den? My bedding area? My bedding area, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to cross-relate humans and deers. But, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, you're going to preserve preserve that because the whole, I think, you know, the deer is dry. It's just like it's. What's that word where you put human characteristics to animals? Because you do that every episode. Yeah. I'm going to look it up right now and keep talking. Uh. I'm trying to think of the word too, but yeah, no, it's like, <laughs> you know, I totally get why they would protect that because it is, and you know, for, for a lot of bucks, it is something that it's life or death for them. You know, if you, right. if you break off, you know, you could be a 160 inch, you know, big King there and you know, you break one of those off. Well, dude, there's going to be some 120 inch deer that'll be able to push you around. Cause now you don't have another weapon to, I'll try and pronounce this word. Anthropothemize. 
adding probably. adding human characteristics to animals or oh. in, inanimate objects or natural phenomena is okay. So yeah. the animaniacs, yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. Hey, exactly. we'll, we'll, we'll leave, summed up. We'll leave it as that. Summed so up. but you know maybe we'll do another episode here late this summer about velvet because it's such an interesting topic and I feel as hunters we don't really know that much about it. You know, maybe guys that hunt where you can actually kill a deer in velvet or yeah. caribou in velvet or moose in velvet this or would whatever. be a good episode for Mark. I'm sure he's got something in his brain about velvet. Right. Could you imagine how how tough that process would be to Try to preserve, like, yeah, you shoot a moose in velvet. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, but then again, it's further along. Like, the guys that are shooting bucks in velvet, it's further along in the growth process where I know, yeah. I think at that point you can do, like, the injection where you can inject that and it, I don't know what they inject in it. That's a question for Mark again. It's but it's got to be some kind it. of a hardener, I imagine. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Preservative, hardener, I don't know. Maybe That's it's just weird. some sort of preservative yeah. that hardens seen... it around it, but... I've seen a couple a uh, couple shows. I never actually got to see the mounts after, but like they shot the deer and they were on this deer and it had velvet. And then like the next day, like that velvet was like almost uh, like halfway rubbed off, three or, quarters. Or people who shoot deer in velvet that are the velvet's already peeling off. Yeah, right, cause that, it, like a lot of the seasons that you can shoot them in velvet are really late. Yeah, like but, right, like really September, late. mid yes, September. Yes. Yeah, the Where point I would want to make is like, how cool would that mount be? Like the velvet falling off, and you get it mounted. Like that'd be cool. I'm oh, sure yeah. you could do it, and I'm sure even if like it's probably a process and a half, but well, yeah, I'm sure it probably is. But even if the pro- like you know the velvet fell off or whatever, it's just super fragile and it all fell off, dragging it out or doing super whatever. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure you know there's some sort of velvet alternative that taxidermy supply company can provide oh, that yeah, you can make did. it look exactly yeah. like it did and that's where a good taxidermist comes into play um and make sure you take lots of pictures right and exactly. apparently velvet like uh i don't know how how true this is because i saw it on an episode of longmire but they would take they would take deer velvet and they would like people were using it grind as it a, into a medicine yeah they would grind <laughs> it into a medicine i was like they only do that in china that? <laughs> no, and I like read there's some people that yeah, because it's illegal. I guess it's boner and, medicine. And or I, yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, who uh, who you know, was the first person to think of that? You know they do that with rhino horn. Yeah, it's an aphrodisiac. They claim who. They All right, who's out there up? figuring who's the first this one to try that? I don't know. I guess I guess I've I've it's since science. the it's internet science. and social media has opened up. I I don't doubt that somebody figured it out. But when I was younger, I was like. How did people know which plants they could eat? <laughs> you right, know? right. But, like, figuring that out. <laughs> hey, like, Fred, try this one. Then he croaks, and then, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the end of that. Rest in R.I.P. Fred. Yep. All right. <laughs> but uh, let's, 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 let's get on to our roadkill topic a little All more. Right, we've, right. Our, we've blown them some whole episode. but Should we? So, you know, a lot of deer get hit, and we, were ta- we put a post on Facebook, like, you know, what's the biggest roadkill buck you've ever seen? And we had somebody post a picture of a really nice velvet buck and someone also posted a picture of a buck in from Pennsylvania. Yeah. That was a really nice deer. Hey, remember I told you Pennsylvania's got some big deer. Some sleepers, sleeper state. But you know what for you guys listening, what's the biggest deer you've seen get hit by a car or heard over that rumor that you always hear? Cause you know, there's the legendary buck, the Illinois roadkill buck that was shot, I don't know, south of here a few hours, a couple yeah, hours. Yeah, about like an hour and a half. Hour and a half. And I, right near it, Ross's house. I think it grossed, probably not far, it grossed 201, 202. 202 and 6 eighths. Netted 177. 176 and 5 eighths. What, what year was that hit? Ooh, 
I don't have a year on it. It was like 1968, 70s back then. 70, just, I think 74 maybe. Right. But just a monster. So it could have been hit by a Yugo. Could have been. It could have been. But the outside spread on this thing is 31 inches. That's nuts. Yeah. It's outrageous. But the thing that's is. That's a Steve Buck for sure. That's a Steve, Steve Buck. Yep. Fits, fits right around that Steve. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's. I don't know. It's too bad. It's, it definitely sucks that that has to play a factor in a whitetail's life. You know what I mean? It's not just the cat and mouse game of the hunter versus the deer or however you want to word it. Maybe that's not even the right way to word that. But, you know, they got to cross highways. It's part of where they live. It's We're in you know, their way as far as I'm quite, concerned. You know, as as the old saying goes, well, them deer don't get that old for nothing. I would be curious, you know, to see – and maybe maybe I'm I'm taking a taking a step out here, but I'd be curious to see if uh, you know someone can dissect that deer's brain and maybe see if something's going on because as big as these, de- they, like you said, yeah, they don't get that big for no reason. Right. A deer that size and that much of a stud, he's crossed roads before and he's done it a bunch. Maybe it could have been but, an accident, but. You know, it was a coyote chasing him. Did he, I mean? Yeah, I mean, there's always the. It factors. happens, you know. What was I mean? it he, right where he wasn't thinking right? I he mean, was crossing the road just to get to the other side, to the other cornfield, <laughs> and then you know, boom, that's but, all it takes. But maybe something was kind of goofy with him, and he was going off the wire. You know, like people have gone insane. How come deer can't go insane? Maybe this deer could have been some deer schizophrenic. There we go. The anamorphic, <laughs> an, the anamorphs just flip through the page, and here's Steve go from. Regular to crazy, but you know what I mean. Though it's that's part of where they live. You it's know, sad to see it happen, but then you're like, okay, there still is giant deer out there. Well, all right, here we have a legend buck. The rumors went flying here in the Quad City area mm-hmm. in our yep. hometown. Perfect example. Um, I don't know how long ago now, probably 2010 ish around there. Um, there was a buck that was uh, hit by a car on John Deere Road. Um, <laughs> right by the John Deere company headquarters. Um, and there was rumors of this deer around. People had pictures of it, like, for, in their backyards. And there's actually an article that we found about this deer, and I'll, I'll I'll grab the link and put it in the description. I've held this rack two days later from when it was hit. And what's funny about this deer is my buddy Cameron Tank saw it a week before. Tank Cameron Tank? Tank Cameron Tank. It was crossing a hill on western... Uh, college, Western Illinois College, yeah. um, crossing from that property into a cemetery right off John Deere Road. And he called me right, right across from Farm and Fleet. Yep. He called me and he goes, Kurt, I just saw a 200 inch deer right across from Farm and Fleet going into the cemetery. And I'm like, thinking, I'm rolling my eyes. And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, you probably saw a solid 150 in your brain and seeing it at night and the car lights, you know, whatever. You know, your brain was telling you 200, maybe not. He's like, I had brow tines all over the place. It was crazy. It was a 200-inch deer, and he's all excited and crazy, you know, getting all worked up. Oh, a week later, <laughs> I get a text message of this buck laying in someone's driveway, and this guy's holding it. It's daylight, and this deer looks like it's 40 inches inside spread. Like, it looked... It looked huge in the picture. It looked fake. Like, you know, I'm a measure. I get to handle a lot of deer. I looked at it, and I'm like, something's not right. This looks fake, or this is a rumor. Someone's pulling a hoax, whatever. And I knew a different taxidermist at the time. I call him up. I'm like, hey, what have you heard about this John Deere Road roadkill buck? 
well, I don't know anything about it. I'm like, oh, you don't know anything about it? Come on now. I'm like, what's going on with it? What have you heard about it? I know rumors are flying. I actually had a cop, that one of my buddies that's a cop, send me a picture of it too. Hey, have you heard about this deer? And I'm like, well, yeah, I have. I'm trying to get to the bottom of it, see what's real, what's yeah. not. I call, talk to him, this guy. He's like, yeah, why don't you stop on over? I have it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I knew you did. So I go over there. Well, what happened is the reason why it looks so large is, and maybe it says that in the article. I didn't read it because I kind of already know the story. It, The skull plate was broken when it was hit by the car, and this guy pulled it into a freezer or did something, and it froze that way. So the pictures he took, the skull plate is split down the middle, so one main beam is way off to the side, yeah. so it looks crazy wide. But you can't tell that in the picture, though. No, because the head's tilted and right. whatever. Yep. I go to this taxidermist place, and he had the skull plate bonded back together, um, how it should have been normally. And even then, it's not like it was a small deer. This deer is over 200 inches easy. And I have a picture of me holding the rack. I'm like, hey, can you take a picture of me holding this thing? i got to prove this is real. And I took this picture and sent it to a buddy. And apparently he sent it to people, and then they sent it to people, and they sent it, and it went along, along, around. Spreads like wildfire, man. Right. And I had... I don't know. I was wearing like a different hoodie and a hat and I had my beard grown out a little bit. And one of my friends goes, Hey, look at this buck, man. That was hit on John Deere road. Check this out. <laughs> Shows me this picture. He's like, some kids holding it. Look at, it. and I'm like, that's me. And he's like, what? And he looks at the picture. And he's like, Oh man, that is you. What the hell? Uh, my buddy sent me this. I didn't even know it was you. And he's like texting his friends. Like, I know this guy. I'm not, you know, so I didn't even know it. Some picture of me that didn't look like me, apparently holding this rack went around or people were just looking at the antlers, not the person holding it. And it was just too funny. But, um, yeah, a lot of people have pictures of this deer and it's too, I don't know. Really? I never really actually measured it. It was rough measured at 220. I don't know where this deer is right now. I'm sure someone in the Quad Cities has there's it. There's a there's a picture of it. Um, it's it, anyone who's from the Quad City area has this picture. And the funny, like the first time I heard that story was when uh, we're at our buddy Craig's house, and he's got in his man cave. He's got <clears throat> here it is right here is that picture of the skull plate. Oh like, yeah, that, I, that's not that picture. It's the uh, the one where it's in like that parking he's lot. He's standing in the John Deere parking lot. Yeah, and we're looking at it, and Kurt goes. Dude, I know this deer. Like what? He goes, I've literally held this rack, and then that's what he told that yeah, that picture right there. And we've we've told this on the podcast before, but it's it's such a cool story, you know, that it's just man, that's just such a perfect picture of a deer. Yeah, like um, it really is. Let's see. Um, um, Tim would know. Tim would know better than most. I don't know if that is, who Tim is. I haven't read the article because we suck. But um, but I believe the broken racks can be repaired, measured, and entered the boot and crock as long as everything is an original and clear. Um, I don't know if it's got a measurement. I don't know if anyone actually officially measured it. What did it say? Word on this buck is that it was found roadkilled in Rock Island County near the Moline Airport. It probably has a broken skull plate, but he's huge. Well, that actually is false. It was hit over by the John, the way I understand it, by the John Deere corporate headquarters. Um. This must have been right when the deer was hit. And the live photo shows that the deer does indeed have a broken skull plate, like we said in the picture, and it cannot be measured officially. It will not be accepted by accepted by the Boone and Crockett due to the inside spread measurement. It will not be accurate. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a gorgeous deer. Like I, I don't know. I mean, either way, it's a 
huge buck. He's lived a long time, and it's unfortunate, but it's really cool. I mean, right for us to be able to to see big bucks like this, you know, yeah. after they still been in our killed. still in our area. Yeah, exactly, and just the you know. I know people have been seeing this buck before, but it happens so often that it's near your hunting ground. You've never seen this buck before, and all of a sudden there's a roadkill buck, and he's huge, and he's mature, and right. it's really cool for us to enjoy and sad for the buck. It is sad, yeah. and it's just cool. I mean, this deer, is it's a perfect, perfect deer. And I mean, that picture right there kind of looks fake. It does. It's a summertime picture, but it is. Yeah, he's standing on a green lawn, and there's a parking looks, lot right behind him. It looks too him. perfect. He's looking right at the camera. Yeah. Well, it could be October one. It could have been a warmer October. And you know what? The thing too is, um, I just got sent a picture of a deer in the same area, like that someone took, not with a trail cam, but with an actual like picture camera that is in the same area, and actually, the same person had pictures of this deer when it was alive has pictures in her backyard of deer that are also a deer that's this big, maybe not as big, but close and with the same characteristics. Like the brow tines has stickers all over and the huge typical could be an offspring. Very well could be. I I would almost bet it is. Um, And I actually saw a picture of that buck that I'm talking about that's still alive online like two days ago. Yeah. um, What's more heartbreaking, just seeing, uh, seeing a roadkill buck or seeing just a giant on trail camera and never knowing that deer was there, because I saw these. Uh, I, I saw this link. It was like I don't know. I'd say it's best. more heartbreaking to see one get killed by a car. Oh, because sure. it, is it because there's always that chance? Well, you, you could you always see that deer on the hook. You it's never a, know. It's a shame to see just a buck get caught. Like All right. That. All right. Here, let, let, let me let me sweeten the uh, pot. To see a buck like that get killed, or to see a buck like that. On your trail camera, right by your stand, right at like nine o'clock in the morning, and you happen to be at work that day. <laughs> you know <laughs> what? <laughs> I would rather live with that than see a deer like that get hit by a car. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. All right, any yeah. day of the week. Because the thing is, if he's there once, he could be there again. I can live with it. You know what I mean? Right time, the right place. I would rather miss that opportunity all the time than see deer like that get hit by cars and go just to waste. Yeah. It's a it's a shame, man. I mean, at least. But it, it is cool to have deer on trail cam. You're like, it gives you that excitement, you know? For sure. Right. It, it'll motivate you and gives you ambition to go right. after it, you know? Absolutely. And the thing is, if it gets away, man, that sucks. But there's always next year. Right. You know, and if a deer gets hit by a car, it's just a shame. It's a shame because, one, more times than not, the meat is destroyed. And that meat just gets wasted. Yeah. And... Well, and someone doesn't have that cool story to tell how they harvested the deer, you know? Right. Well, that's you know what? Actually, I, th- I think that might be false. I think when the county comes and picks up road, now I might be mistaken, but when the roadkill comes up, or uh, the county can come pick up roadkill, and if you got a zoo that the county runs, I think that they give that roadkill to like lions or whatever. I thought I heard that. I've heard that. I've heard that. But at the same time, if you know. You know, Ethel is hauling 76 down John Deere Road in her Buick and smokes a deer. <laughs> you know, it's it just instant yeah. destruction. You know what I mean? That's I mean, only funny because her name is Ethel. <laughs> right. well, that's the only reason I'm laughing. Yeah, Ethel would never go 76 in on her, John yeah. Deere Road. Yeah, let's in her Continental. She, she's doing about 29 in a 55. No, right. You're behind her late for I, work. I, I like to live in a world where Ethel's doing 29 over the legal limit. <laughs> 
And she's blown a point. And yeah, oh yeah, dude, she, she's had a point couple one zero head in the casino. Oh yeah, she she had a couple brandies before she went through, and uh, yeah, she was gonna go meet her gals <laughs> for. Yeah, of course she wouldn't call the cops because, you know, uh, she doesn't want to get stopped. Because who the so, hell has time for that? Yeah, well, she's <laughs> she got stuff have to do, and she doesn't want to get uh, get busted. So the deer just lies there dead, and it's a 200-inch deer that gets eaten up by coyotes. You know? <laughs> All because <laughs> Ethel wanted that to was... have some brandy and go play... Craps. <laughs> yeah, whatever came. <laughs> Damn it, Ethel. <laughs> but, yeah, so the roadkill lays there, and it's never appreciated, and, right. and that's the sad part about it, you know? It really Especially is. Especially if somebody with low morals comes and cuts off the antlers only and leaves the rest of the body if the meat is good especially, you know? Seen it a hundred Doesn't times. call it into the DNR, right. doesn't take it the legal route. That's the... That's the unfortunate. Now, and that's the thing, too. And that's why when I found that buck dead, I'm like, I can't believe someone didn't just come in, yeah. lop the head off, and leave. Exactly. And, you know what I mean? And I get there's a lot of people that do, that say they do that or do that, and you just, just do it the right way. It's it, worth the hour than to, to get busted and pay the huge fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Lose your hunting license. It's just not worth it. Now, Sam, you know about hitting a deer. Yeah, all too well. Now tell us uh, tell us this story cuz uh, you had some roadkill but it went uh, straight to straight to Smiths. Yes, it did go straight to Smiths. Um what happened was I think I was on my way to work uh driving my old Malibu. The Malibu thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh The boo thing. I can't remember what time of year it was. It was November. It, yeah, it was November. It was uh right after gun season actually and um so yeah, he was just crossing the road. I was turning, going around a turn, and he came out, hit him pretty good. He was a little, little forky, broke off his antlers, um, and I cried. Um, <laughs> and then I called Kurt, and I was like, I think I killed a deer, and he came and rescued me. We strapped the deer to the back of his car. And oh, that's when you had the Jeep. <laughs> yep, and we went straight to Smith's, and... Well, um, I we there was like cops already there. We got the yeah, salvage. Of course, we sorry. reported it online, whatever. I take it home. I literally gutted it in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> I think I hung it up, put some ice in it. I drove back to work. I left work to go get this deer, by the way. This sounds really redneck, but hey, all the listeners are like, my, my man. Oh, I yeah. didn't want that meat to go to waste. I just, you know, I just killed that buck. I was really sad for it. I, I you know, it was a really unfortunate circumstance, and that's, you know, well, he could have been a happen, huge racist. Yeah. <laughs> deer that's deer happen, lives matter, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh, only buck lives matter. <laughs> well, albino lives matter, you know. So, so anyway, if yeah. I'm going to kill a deer with my car, you know, unfortunate circumstance, I want that meat, and I want to be able to eat, you know, venison all year long, along with everything that right. you're hunting, you know. So um, yeah. after that whole process, later that night we brought it to, St- uh, to Smith's. You're Steve. And I am Steve. The, the legs were all broken. This buck was just, you know, torn apart. And Kurt Man, that eventually sure related a number on yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> Kurt eventually mentioned, you know, like yeah, she hit it with his, her car, and he's like, oh, I don't ask any questions after gun season. Right. And I thought that was that was pretty funny. That's <laughs> yeah. how I knew it was after gun season. But yeah, it was a uh, it was a shame, but it fed us. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. Did my little yeah. uh, my little sister smoked a deer? About last, I, man, I can't remember what it was. I think it was like eight, ten months ago. And like, uh, you know, I just get a picture of like, like the deer, like she's driving a, a Jeep Cherokee or whatever, and this thing like dented the the roof. And I was like, "Well, where's the deer at?" You know, I was like, "She goes, 
I don't know. I just hit it and it went into the woods. And I was like, you want to go show me where so we can get it? And she's like, well, I hit it like eight hours ago. I was like, all right, never mind. Because <laughs> you know, I, was, I was thinking, dude, I was like, shame, you know, but... as soon as that that doe got hit, I, she said it was a doe. I mean, I was like, you know, you hit it with your car. You should have seen it. Right. But well, a lot of them do live, too. I mean, it's not every yeah. time you hit it with a car that it dies. Yeah, dude, there's no way. This thing. Those things are tough. Not animals. always. You know, it's not certain death, but, you know, it's a shame when it happens, but it's just part of a deer's life, man. We're in their way as far as I'm concerned, and it's just, you know, especially in November, they're running around, they're rutting, you know, especially a young buck like that. It's yep. They're not thinking right. It's about to, it, just, it's, it happens. It's what it is. It's scary. It sucks, especially if it's a deer you're hunting, but it's just part of part of the cycle, part of which life. is unfortunate. But I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, we probably could keep talking about this for three more hours. Oh, yeah. We can make up which lots is, of stories about which Ethel, is too. amazing Easily. that we can keep talking about deer for three hours, yet we've already given you now 91 hours. That's pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Of deer hunting Check talk. Out. How fun. How mm-hmm. fun. So, you know, every time I tell someone about this, they're like, well, what do you guys talk about for an hour? I go, usually it's not really a whole lot of much. <laughs> but, you know, 90, now, now 91. We're this is the... once a week hunting camp for us, and we have a good time with it, and we hope that if you listen, you feel like it's kind of like a social hunting camp that you can kind of chime in on and kick back, yeah, throw up your feet and listen. Yeah, and you know if you listen at work, you know we understand that it helps you get through your day, and we appreciate the support and the downloads and the subscription. And if you have any input or want to say anything at all about anything we talk about, shoot us an email at um, workingclassbowhunter at gmail or go to workingclassbowhunter dot com on Facebook on Instagram. Message us. We'll, we'll talk to you back. And if you have, like, a real cool story or something you really want to talk about, let us know. We'll get you yeah. on the show. And we're always down for that. And, you know, we... Uh, we're not scared. We want to show that we talk really appreciate you listening. And Yeah, we've actually made a lot of friends of just people who just messaged us. And, uh, you know, we got some Canadian friends now. Just mostly one. Canadian. Mostly Canadian. <laughs> well, it's because they're friendly by nature. That's but, right. That's right. You know. But you know, we have a good time. Um, I leave for Brazil Monday. Uh, which is, if this is this podcast world, so you can listen to this episode whenever. But the next episode, I think we're doing about trail cams, mm-hmm. budget trail cam mm-hmm. reviews. Yep. So um, that that should be an interesting one. But uh, yeah, we uh, we had a lot planned coming this winter and this fall. We had some some big things, some changes, some good changes. Um, a lot to look forward to. Wait, we do. Yes, yes, well, we this do. News to me. Yes, Steve. Yes, you need will, to you need to change a lot, Steve. We okay. will talk. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Change this with Changes. Steve. Yes, <laughs> could be a little podcast on its own. Kurt all of a sudden grew the villain like pointy goatee. Yes, yes. Steve's gonna have abs by December, so uh, uh, that's yeah. one change that'll happen. Abs. Tune in for the other changes. Right. Yeah, we got a lot. Got a lot going on. So I think that's gonna wrap it up. Get to shooting your bow. Get to looking for velvet bucks. Thanks, Sam. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Go shoot your bow. I like it. You know, we'll just end it on that one. Thanks, guys. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.